Welcome aboard, Captain. back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze, discuss, and probe Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, one minute at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. And I'm David Soger. Hey, Dave. Hello. Hello. We're back. Uh, we're talking about Minute 88 of The Voyage Home. 88 miles per hour. A little shout out to our pals at Back to the Future Minute right there. <laughs> Uh, minute 88 starts with uh, Chekhov's rescue continuing. That was a capital R there on rescue. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ends a minute later with Jillian telling Kirk she's got nobody in the 20th century. She doesn't. Wah. Wah, wah. Uh, so I was thinking like, you know, obviously uh, we were kind of fun in with the minute 88 and 88 miles per hour. And I know like, you know, Star Wars minute has like, you know, 94 with docking bay 94 Sure. 94. Do we have any, I mean, does Star Trek have any, I mean, 1701, we're never going to get to minute number 1701. We don't really have a minute, you know, that we could do that. Like, we don't have a number that, like, reflects, you know, that you Uh, think of that, like, when someone says something, you go, oh, my God, that's Star Trek. Right. Well, number one. Uh, All right. Uh, no, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, uh, someday, uh, someday we'll get to episode seventeen oh one of this podcast. Yeah, we will. Yeah, uh, we got to be like in the three hundreds or something now. I don't know. I've lost count. Yeah, um, I think we're somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, divergent. Ten, ten more movies. <laughs> uh, we we got some. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, okay, uh, so here we go. So this is, uh, mm. again, I'm I'm not going to talk until we get to uh, second 40 again, because uh, this is all Benny Hill episode. Uh, music and uh, it, it, music and action. This is, I mean, this is like, good grief. Uh, the slapstick comedy in this minute is... So you, you have to admit, though, <clears throat> at about the six-second portion, you got to admit it's funny. Uh, do I have to admit it? The so, so the, they're running down the hall and oh, the, ki- the kidney. Yeah, so Jillian is in the front and they're moving pretty fast. So she's like, "Slow down, slow down!" She's freaking out. <clears throat> so they make the you know they make the ninety degree turn going down the hall, and here comes our old friend, uh, kidney dialysis woman, patient number one. So we have patient you know patient number one's here. She comes around the corner with a nurse. And she is like super happy. The doctor gave me a pill and I grew a new kidney. Like that's like one of the most classic lines in this movie. How could you how could you want to skip over that, Chris? Uh you're right. I forgot about uh the little old lady. Um Yeah, I mean that's a that's a uh, it's a it's a good mixture of uh funny. Yeah. Uh but also cool, right? Yeah. Like we got that we got the this is the payoff to McCoy giving her the pill yes. a while back. Um I don't know if we wanna if we wanna dissect <laughs> like we did with the anti comatizing of Chekhov in the last minute, like how what what did this pill actually do for her? Well so did, clearly it grew a new kidney. <laughs> so does she have three kidneys now? 
Well, no, I think it probably, <laughs> you know, her old, you know, bad kidney probably like became a just, new kidney, you know, became it brand new. Fully, itself. <clears throat> you know, the doctors are saying it's fully functional. And one of them says fully functional. Like they're all surprised that she's a marvel of modern medicine. Yes. Here's what I want to know post new kidney is do they put her under the knife, <laughs> remove the kidney, dissect it, and then McCoy has inadvertently done two things to the timeline by giving our friend uh, the secret to transparent aluminum, as well as given the doctors the ability to replicate his medicine for repairing kidneys. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to be, you were going much darker with that. Like, no. you know, she, she's going to be locked up in some institution the rest of her life so they can, <laughs> they can dissect her and figure out how the heck she grew a new kidney. No, no. Um, so I was thinking they, like... I was thinking they just take the kidney out and they start like dissecting the kidney and, you know, uh, <laughs> but, but then what happens to her if they take the kidney out? I don't know. She's going to die anyway. Well, maybe they'll give her some more antidote and she'll grow another new kidney. Oh yeah, right. She becomes the the, the test subject all over again. Um. So I think the timeline has been so screwed up here that you know uh, one of the things about Avengers Endgame with the timeline and all the divergent things that could happen. Like we have our own timeline problems that they've already created with the glasses, with the you know the um, the, phaser. the the phaser, the pill. The uh, yeah, Chekhov leaving the 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 stuff on the you know the USS Enterprise, um, all the stuff, the transparent aluminum. The aluminum they they yeah. they've totally screwed us. Yeah, and 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 you know we'll have to see, I guess, at the end of the film if there are any uh, negative consequences to all of this mucking with the timeline. Right. Um, and where they you know then they'd have to go back, and we'd have you know Star Trek four point five. They tried again. <laughs> they tried again and again and again. That sounds like a Family Guy skit. <laughs> Just trying to get it right. <laughs> there was a Discovery, wasn't it? Was that a short trek or was that a full? That was a Star Trek Discovery episode where I think Harry Mudd was. Um, oh, he, kept, uh, he put him in a. He was in, they were in a time loop or something. Right. And he kept. He kept learning. He was learning more and more about Discovery every time he. Yeah. <laughs> that, that episode was crazy. Um. Anyway, sorry. So. Um, so yes, she got a new kidney. Um, there's a bit of a, I don't know if you notice a bit of a goof here as she's coming around the corner, waving her arms. Uh, they actually, uh, they run over the nurse with the wheelchair. <laughs> she kind of gets, uh, she gets, um, her foot gets run over. Yeah. Um, but they let it go. They left it there. They didn't uh, reshoot the scene. Um, oh, they did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so we should talk about the little lady. Um, I don't think she has a, she doesn't have a name in the in the credits um but she's played by eve smith yes um and eve smith has been in uh all sorts of wonderful shows yeah. and yeah um uh she was uh she was in who's harry crumb i guess another film yeah. uh, but man married with ch tv married with children mr belvedere growing pains uh webster. 227 yeah webster yeah back to uh, life yeah, yeah, she, was in, so, she was in a lot of stuff a lot yeah. of good stuff so she, she, um, uh, I wonder how, you know, she, she, was, she was running around with all sorts of, you know, A-listers in, in Hollywood, you know, uh, uh, Moonlighting. She was in Moonlighting, so she knows, knows Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepard. And... Well, sadly, she 
she doesn't know them anymore. She passed away in 97. Oh. She was 91, though. 91. So she lived, she, she lived a, you know, I would think a long life. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, Eve Smith. Um, definitely a cute little old lady. Yes. She's got a new kitty. <laughs> Fully functioning. Fully functional. Uh, all right. So now we get to uh, the um, the slapstick. We get uh, the... God, this is like right out of Carol Burnett and and Benny Hill, and you know, we got the guy on the crutches with the cast, and he falls into the lap of some dude, yeah, <laughs> because he was going to get run over by the gurney. And I think McCoy actually gets tangled up in it too. Does he crash into the guy? Well, a bunch of people get run over, not just like so. You have the 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 little the the nurse. She looks like she's wearing like the the candy striper outfit, mm-hmm. and she gets totally run over and pushed down, and um. Yeah, then there's McCoy got tangled up, and then, you know, you have the doctor who's waiting for the elevator who gets totally pushed out of the way. <laughs> and not only does he get not only does he get pushed out of the way from the um you know, McCoy and the and the gang, but then the cop comes by and pushes him not once, but twice. He pushes him out of the way and then pushes him out of the way again to get to the stairs. <laughs> this guy's getting beat. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, the, is there more people in the chase? Yeah, there are, too. There's not just the cops. When they come through that uh, the doors, they've got like a, cr- a crowd of people now chasing them. Well, I think it's like one of those things like it's a, you know, a Rocky thing where, you know, one kid, you know, starts following them. And during, you know, I think it's Rocky 2 and he's running down the street, one kid, and, you know, next thing you know, there's like a whole stream of kids. This is like what happens. You know, you see a cop running anywhere. You're immediately obligated to start following them. Where's he going? Let's see Where's what's going to happen. We got to go see if we can pitch in because it looks yeah. like it's just a bunch of regular people. It doesn't look like it's other cops. It looks like people in regular clothes have followed. Yeah. Uh, I think it's local security is what the, what those guys are. But um, yeah. So um, I don't think I ever picked up on this, uh, that as they're getting on the elevator, Kirk, um, uh, he calls out to Scotty, right? Get us out of here. Um, you know what? I don't think I said that. I heard that. Maybe I am. Let me see. Yeah, it's like a second 20. Um, and uh, I never really noticed that. Hmm. And so, um, you know, they all get on the elevator together. The cops run down the stairs to the first floor and elevator door opens and they're gone. Yes. Um, so my note here is that... Scotty beam them out of the elevator, a moving elevator. Yes. Um, and my note was, uh, shouldn't Chekhov be the one doing that? Isn't he the one that can beam people out as they're moving quickly? From the reboot? I can yes. do that. I can do that. I... Exactly. Um... <laughs> of course, an elevator is going a little slower than somebody hitting terminal so. velocity. <laughs> yeah. Falling through the atmosphere. Um, but yeah, so uh, in the, I think I have the answer to this, yes. but we've been ta- we keep talking about it. I think we've talked about it several times uh, during during this movie, and I don't know if we've answered it. Right. Uh, they get beamed out of the elevator onto the into the onto the grass in the park. Right. Not into the bird of prey. Yes. And is that I, I think I figured out is that because there's only one pad inside the, the bird of prey? Um. No. Because clearly when they 
fast forwarding, if they would have, so let's say they were going to beam some whales and some water into the, uh, you know, we're not saying they are, but let's just say, hypothetically speaking, if they were going to beam some water and some whales in, they're not beaming it to the pad. That's true. They would beam it into the tank they've constructed. So if they had four or five people, they would be able to beam them in to conceivably wherever they needed them. Right. In the tank even. Right. Or that would be difficult because then they wouldn't have a way out. Uh, Okay. So then what's the deal? Why Why do they keep beaming them onto the lawn? So this, as we will discuss in this minute, is just a plot device. For Jimmy. Ah, okay. So they beam outside because what's the first thing that happens? The the landing, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, gear opens, the, the, the gangway, door. the gangway comes down. Chekhov and McCoy quickly hustle inside. Um, Sulu helps them check off in, and you know, all, while this is going on, Kirk and Jillian are talking in the background. You know, uh, where would the whales be by now? Um, and Jillian says to him, please, uh, do you have a ch- chart on board? I'll show you. He says, no, no, no. All I need is the radio frequency to track them. Uh, Jillian says, uh, what are you talking about? I'm coming with you. While that's happening, the gangplank is going back up. Oh. So they've gotten Chekhov in, McCoy in, Kirk's outside talking to Dr. Jillian. And the gangplank's going back up. Oh. So, so this is the plan all along. This was the plan all along. You can't. Our next stop is the 23rd century. So that's, A, that's the first reason why they didn't beam them inside, which was they had Jillian with them. And if they're not stopping, you know, not like they couldn't beam her somewhere else while they were, you know, which is, again, dumb. Uh but he's basically saying, like, you can't come on board because we're, you know, we're our next stop is 23rd century. We're going to get the whales and then we're done. We're done here. So there's that. And then there's the, the whole plot device of which will happen next minute of yeah. why. Uh, why they landed outside, why Kirk did not go up the gangplank. OK. All right. Yes, I completely agree with you. It's. For no other reason, no logical reason. Yes, there's no logical reason because why would they, again, why would they bring the gangplank down and then raise it after Kirk's still out there? Like, wouldn't they leave it down and then he runs in? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, You got me. I have all sorts of transporter questions now, but I'm going to save them for next minute. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So the last last bit of this minute is uh, Jillian's replying to, you know, She's like, uh, she doesn't care that their next stop is 23rd century. I've got nobody here. I've got to help those whales. Yeah, she's and she's flipping out. She's flipping out. And not the first time, right? She's had these emotional yes. uh, or outbursts like this before, right? Um, but she, uh, I like how her, I mean, her voice is like bordering on like freak out. Yes. But her face seems still just, she seems in control, even though she sounds like she isn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So offline, you had said something to me. And after listening to it again for a couple of times, I 100% agree with your theory about the, the similarities to another movie. <laughs> uh, the, the hysterical woman in the airplane? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My note was I'm waiting for Kirk to uh, 
to slap her to uh, you know get calm her down or something. And then yeah, I just picturing everybody on the plane <laughs> with a bat and that's what, yeah, brass that's knuckles what, and stuff. Yeah, she kind of reminds you of that. Yeah, um, not that we condone that. Of course not. Of course not. Uh, anywho, so yeah, so she's got no it, kind of a. I mean, uh, you, you kind of lose it, but when you think about it, you lose it in this. You know, the mm. fact that she's yelling this stuff, but in some ways, like, oh, well, that's kind of sad. She's got nobody. It, it, nobody in her life. No, no boyfriend, husband, family. Uh, she's just ready to leave anytime. Mm. They didn't really establish that at all. Um, I, I don't think. Um, I know she was super fond of the whales, but I didn't necessarily pick up that she was a loner. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think we kind of get that. She only has the whales, and I think we sort of get, you know, her life is about the whales. Yeah. And things, would... things obviously didn't work out with, uh, uh, what's his name there? Bill. At the back of the Institute. Bob. Bob. George. Are you just making up names now? I am. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what his name is. That's all right. Uh, bad Trekkie. Yeah, Bad Trekkie. You don't remember the, the director of the Maritime Institute, <laughs> Cetacean Institutes. <laughs> I, I don't. Wow. Shame. All right. Well, anyway, I think that I think that gets us to the end of the minute, unless you had something else. I didn't. Um, okay. It's Bob. By the it's way. Bob. Thank you. All right. We needed. We did need that before we. Yeah. Uh, we need Sorry. the closure. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well then, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, uh, thanks everybody. Um, if you want to uh, share your thoughts uh, with us, you can find us on the social medias uh, at Star Trek Minute on Twitter and Instagram and Tumblr, and, uh, and now also MySpace. <laughs> 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 so. Uh, so yeah, head on over to any of those places, uh, and, uh, check us out and we'll be back again, uh, in a couple of days talking about minute 89 of the voyage home here at the Star Trek minute. Bye now. Goodbye. <laughs>